Hey everybody, welcome back to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast, where it's all about learning from the best minds in the sport so you can train smarter, stay healthy, and run faster now. And here's your host, Will Musto. What's up, listeners? How many of you have wished that you could just focus on your running and not have a job or anything else that was always getting in the way of your perfect training schedule? What if I told you that the man who came in fourth place at the USA National Championship meet this summer is also a full-time elementary school teacher? Matt Elliott is one of the most inspirational stories in running history. A 442 miler out of high school, Elliott broke four minutes for the mile a few years after college in 2011, and in 2013 ran 336 for 1,500 meters, equivalent to a 352 mile, and missed qualifying for the world championship team by literally a split second. He's graciously spending a Saturday afternoon to talk to us about balancing a full-time job and the rigors of life with a full-time training schedule. Here's what we're going to talk about. Being smart with your limited free time, the importance of grabbing a few spare moments to enhance recovery times, and staying focused and consistent over the hard training cycle. As always, to check out any resources we mentioned during the interview, go to www.runnersconnect.net slash rc36. Welcome back to another episode of the Run to the Top podcast brought to you by Runners Connect. I'm Will Musto, and today we have a special guest, Matt Elliott. This is actually my second interview with Matt. My first was an impromptu one after he broke four minutes in the mile for the first time back in 2011. It's been a lot of fun for me since then to watch his career develop until this year when he finished in fourth place at the USA National Championship in the 1500 meters. Uh, and listeners, real quick, just, just before we jump into this, uh, as always, any of the resources that we mentioned in this interview, if you go to www.runnersconnect.net slash RC37, so that's the letter R, the letter C, and the number 37, uh, we'll have links to any of those resources that we talk about. Now, Matt, I've given you a little bit of, little bit of an introduction already, uh, but if you could go ahead and tell the audience in your own words about your background as a runner or as a person or both, um, you know, let's, let's go ahead and do that real quick. Uh, well, first of all, again, my name is Matt Elliott, and uh, I like to consider myself both a runner and a teacher. Uh, I do both of those jobs full-time uh, every single day, uh, 365 days a year. Even though teachers get the summer off, that doesn't mean you know that they don't work in the summers as well. I don't want people to forget that. <laughs> we get a bad rap on that sometimes. Um, but yeah, uh, we just started school this past week on Wednesday, and I've had a wonderful week with my students. I'm, I'm teaching kindergarten first and second graders uh, in the same class. And uh, my, my running season is actually still going full throttle. I've got three races left on my schedule this year, and I'm really excited about those opportunities. And uh, I've been running uh, for a long time, uh, since I was about six years old. Started running in field day um, in kindergarten, uh, the half-mile run, and uh, took it on into uh, middle school where I ran on my first organized uh, cross-country team in the seventh grade as a middle schooler and uh, ran just a small college, Division II, Presbyterian College, and didn't run track again uh, since high school and until uh, I walked on the school track team when I was in graduate school uh, at Winthrop University, and I've been running post-collegiately now since uh, 2008. So it's been, a, it's been a long ride and uh, a lot of ups and downs and uh, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of failures, a uh, whole lot of failures, and uh, this year was really, I guess, the, the first year where I've competed well on the national level, and I uh, had a really consistent uh, run at uh, the 1,500-meter distance, which I really love, and hope I hope to continue to run these next few years. Yeah, absolutely, um, and thanks for mentioning, you know, the teaching 
and the running and the full time because that's a, that's a lot of the goal behind this interview for me is to talk about how you balance all of that. Um, and you mentioned also, you know, a lot of ups and downs and a, and a lot of lot of downs and struggles. Um, and you know, like you said, you've been running post collegiately since 2008, so that's five years now. That's crazy yeah. to think about. Yeah, the um, fall of 2008. Yeah. What What has led you over all those years? You know, like you said, you went to Presbyterian College, you went to Winthrop for grad school. I know you re- you were a grad assistant there, and you were training while you were doing that. What led you to stay after it all of those years uh, as a runner? You know, when things weren't necessarily clicking every day. Well, uh, I didn't break 4:30 in the mile until I was 22. <laughs> uh, so I, I had a, a lot of untapped potential. I felt, uh, especially after my first year of running track at Winthrop, uh, I ran 3:45 and, and 150 that year. Uh, training, running roughly about 60 miles a week off a of pretty uh, quality over quantity, I'd say was the mm-hmm. philosophy of the training program there under Coach Paxton. And I never really worked on developing my aerobic system until 2011 uh, where, I, where I met you in Tennessee and where I had a pretty good uh, outdoor track and field season running 340 and 358 that year. Uh, so just being consistent, taking it one day at a time, uh, and continuing to have passion for the sport has been really what's driven me. I really enjoy running every day. I love training. Uh, I love lifting. I love taking care of my body. I love cooking my own meals. I love getting to bed on time. I feel like <laughs> I've, inv- I've invested myself uh, into my goals, and I feel like the more you invest, uh, the more that you're going to be willing to give up in, in the race yeah. on that last lap. and. I feel like a lot of people have seen uh, a lot of that fruit this year as I've, I've finished off races very well. And, uh, I mean, my training program is, is specifically designed uh, for that last lap, every single thing I do during the week. And I got, you know, I definitely didn't do this on my own. I've got two excellent coaches, Scott Simmons and Greg Adamson. So it's definitely not Matt Elliott out there doing, doing all that work. But I've got definitely got some, some great advisors and some, and some great help. Yeah, absolutely. Um I had a question in my head and I just lost it. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, you, you mentioned investing in yourself and, uh, you know, every day you're just like, Hey, I'm, I'm out here investing in myself. What about on those days, you know, I'm out here investing in myself. I want to be better. I want to, so it's not worth giving up. What about on those days where, you know, you've had just like two, three weeks of nothing's clicking. Um, you know, what, what leads you on those days to be like, or how do you remind yourself that, you know, I've put three, four, five, six years into this. Um, it's not worth walking away at this point. Well, I could kind of start back in 2008. You know, I, I, I'd run 345 and qualify for Division One Nationals that year. It went through kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, at regionals, it was very sit and kick that year, just like it was at Nationals this year. And I, and I raced very well, beat a lot of people that I shouldn't have beat. Uh, in that race at regionals to make it to nationals and um, had a great race going to nationals, but three guys fell down right in front of me, uh, right at the bell, and uh, I just didn't recover well from that and didn't make it to the finals. Uh, but I was really excited about running after that. Uh, I still volunteer coached with the Winthrop team and uh, didn't really change a whole lot of the things that we had done over the, the course of the next two years uh, in comparison to that first year of college. So. Uh, I wanted to kind of move on and, and kind of work on my weaknesses as a runner. And I feel like since 2011, uh, I've learned how to do a long run. 
uh, the right way, I think. I've learned how to do a tempo run. You know, really simple things, Will, you know, that every runner does. I've just learned how to do those well. Um, right. Intervals has always been something that I felt comfortable doing, you know, going out and doing 200s, doing 400s, doing 800s, doing mile repeats. You know, those are a little easier mentally for me, but Coach Simmons has designed a program that makes those seem like brand new every single time I do them, man. It's unbelievable how a 400 feels now in comparison to how it did two years ago. Uh, just the different paces and just the different way that you can approach uh, the different aspects of running. And uh, we, never, we never get too far away from any component. We're always sprinting. We're always doing distance training. We're always doing recovery. And uh, I think it's just made for a great success for me. It's definitely the right program for me. It's super intense. Uh, we get after it really, really hard three times a week. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's just allowed me to become mentally and physically stronger on a day-to-day -day basis. I feel like every single day I'm getting better. And whenever you have that as a catalyst to you preparing for a race season, uh, it's, it's definitely something that I get really excited about. Cool. So, so your key kind of, you would say, in staying, staying after it, um, it's just being excited and being, being happy to exactly, be Exactly, man. Like, like I, hadn't, I hadn't been able to get in a lot of fast races, obviously, because my PRs are, you know, I, before this summer were, were pretty subpar. You know, I'd only run 340 and, you know, hadn't really been in that many fast races uh, here in the U.S. or internationally for that matter. Uh, so I just knew if I could get in the right race uh, and be in the right shape healthy that I could run well. And, you know, right off the plane in Europe, I ran 337.0. Uh, right. and, I, and I knew that I had that in me this year at some point. I had just run some dilly-dally races like at the Virginia Challenge, run 341, sit and kick, and then a couple races at the American Mileage Club Series uh, that actually a couple were sit and kick, and I thought prepared me pretty well for nationals. And I ran an 800 there uh, where the next closest person, I think, ran 151. I ran 149 by myself. So I hadn't really been in a super competitive race until nationals, and uh, I'm glad that I was able to go to Europe and really open my eyes to a whole nother world of track and field. And it really kind of is going to challenge me a lot mentally this coming year in terms of my approach to competing here in the U.S. and looking forward to going back. How so? Um, well, I've beat everybody in the U.S. in the top 10 outside of Lopez LeMong, mm -hmm. uh, Matthew Centrowitz, and Leo Manzano now. And uh, I'm really excited about that. I think it really yeah. validates... Um, I hadn't beat Corey Leslie. That's the only joker that I hadn't beat all year. Um, that crazy guy, that guy can run a mile almost better than anybody I've seen. He's, he's ruthless, man. He, he gets on that rabbit and just rolls. Uh, but outside of Corey Leslie, I, you know, I beat Garrett Heath, Jordan McNamara, David Torrance, Craig Miller, Jack Bowles, uh, you know, anybody you name, I pretty much beat this year. And uh, they beat me too. Uh, I'll say that too. Uh, ben Blankenship as well. Uh, we've had some good battles. And uh, it's just... Good to know I can go out and compete against the best of the best. And once you know you can do that, it changes the whole spectrum for you. Um, it has for me anyway. I, I really feel like I can win a national title at 1,500 meters. I know Matthew Centrowitz is, a, is, is a, the cream of the crop, you know, as good as it gets. But if he, if he slips up on a bad day, you know, Matt Elliott might get him. Right Who knows? Yeah. You know, and you've and you got to have that. you got to have that mentality. You can't go into any race expecting to finish second, man. You know, you might as well not even show up, if that's my opinion. Um, so I, I'm really pumped where I am mentally and uh, just thankful that I've been healthy. And uh, looking back 2008, 2009, 2010, I didn't really have that confidence, but I knew I was getting better. And uh, I just, just love running, man. 
And you just got to just trust that what you're doing is the right thing and taking it one day at a time, controlling the things that you can control, like what you put in your body, how you take care of yourself, getting in the work, um, and then who knows what can happen, and, and, and it happened. So it's just one of those things I like to share with people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now let's talk about, you know, you, you made all these strides, all these huge strides, you know, I guess no pun intended, um, yeah. <laughs> all these huge advances in running. Uh, you know, this year, like you said, it was, it, you, the people that you beat is a who's who of U.S. distance running. Um, but, you you know, like you mentioned, you also teach full-time uh, in addition to your full-time training. Uh, and, you know, obviously kindergarten, first, second grade, like that's a lot of moving around. That's a lot of energy invested in teaching. How do you balance that? How do you balance standing on your feet all day um, and then going out that afternoon and ripping off some intervals on the track? Uh, well, the, the thing that people, a lot of people don't understand is I love teaching just as much as I love running. Like, it brings just as much joy to my life as, like, winning a race or running a PR. Uh, seeing kids, you know, improve on just the most basic skills in school uh, and knowing that they're going to be better prepared for life uh, is very rewarding. Um, and especially at the school where I work where all the students have been taken out of their personal homes by the Department of Social Services. Um, and they live at a shelter, and our school is located at this shelter, and they if they're in kindergarten through eighth grade age, they attend our school while they're living there. And uh, it's just great to, to be a role model in that situation and to smile and just live life with these little people who haven't really had anybody truly put time into their life. So it's just uh, one of those things where I tried, I tried, you know, run a full time, man. You know, I joined Team Indiana Elite and I wouldn't take any of those uh, months of training in Bloomington away. Uh, because I would have definitely regretted if I didn't go and do that. But full-time training just wasn't for me. Uh, I'm highly involved in the community here because I want to be. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of people here, and I help a lot of people here in the running community especially because I enjoy it, because I want to. And uh, teaching, uh, believe it or not, the way our organization is set up where large majority of our funding comes from the community and through uh, donations, it's, it's a great way to meet people and uh, we, we throw a 5K every single fall. It's called the Run for Attention. Uh, it's every October, and I, I'm on the committee that puts that on. And it's just a lot of fun uh, being involved in, in the facets of school and, and molding young lives. And uh, I mean, and plus, I don't have to worry about getting paid in the summer because I have a job. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I don't have to, you know, worry about relying on my running uh, as an income. I can just have fun doing it. And uh, I know that my future is set up because I have a job. And it's just, it, it just, has allowed the pressure to kind of be taken away because when I was training full-time I mean I don't want to say that I don't like pressure because I do it just kind of made running more of a business yeah. uh, when I was training full-time I, I didn't really know that aspect of our sport until mm -hmm. I did that and I, it took away a lot of the spark and like the childlike approach that I had to running the, the innocence um, and of it and things like that like agents are great and, you know, going to races and, you know, money changing hands and plane tickets and uh, traveling. And it's all good. Uh, but I, I need to be involved in something other than running. I need to have a, more of a balance. Yeah. And that's just that's just that's just who I am as a person. And luckily, uh, I'm able to do that, uh, even though it's in a full time capacity with teaching. Yeah. So you think that uh, running full time outside of running has definitely helped your career? Oh, completely. Completely. I mean, I, I mean, this is. This is the first year I worked full time, and this is the first year that I broke 340. Um, and uh, you know, first year I made a national final, 
and uh, the, the first year that I've, you know, kind of broken like my running prize money goal. Like, you know, I've made more money running this year <laughs> because I've been teaching. It's crazy, man. It's, it's crazy how it all works. Um, but you just got to find your, your niche and right. in, 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 in what works for you. And, you know, my coach lives, you know, 2,000 miles away. My weightlifting coach lives about 500 miles away. I'm here training by myself. Um, my roommate runs the watch for me every workout that I do. I do majority of the lifting by myself. I go to the pool by myself. It, but, and I do most of the mileage that I do by myself. And I, I love it. Uh, I awesome. don't want to have it any other way. It'd be, it'd be great to have a training partner. Like today, I'd, I could have used a training partner today because I really struggled on the workout that I did. But, uh, you, you know, there's always something you can work on even if you're struggling uh, in a workout. The form... Uh, just the cadence of your your stride, uh, staying relaxed. Even if you're running like crap, you can still still achieve something from a workout. And that's the thing that I learned how to do the most this year uh, is is how to control me. Uh, because in the past, like when I raced at nationals or when I went to bigger races for for me anyway, yeah. I always focus on the out, on the outside factors like who's there, who's in the race, you know, what kind of workouts have they been doing, what are their personal best. This year, I didn't worry about that at all. Uh, I just worried about me, and I just worried about what I've been doing. Uh, and what I wanted to execute on race day because I'd practiced it so much individually mm -hmm. and I didn't have any distractions. Like I would go to the track and there would be nobody out there, uh, nobody even walking around on the track in the community a lot of times. And it was just a great kind of a, kind of a, a tranquil kind of yeah. aspect of, of running yeah. for me this year. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've, I've had workouts, you know, you wake up before work at well, not recently. I haven't trained much recently. But in the past, uh, you wake up before work at five o'clock or whatever. You go hit the track. You run your warm up. You're you're running your intervals by five thirty, and nobody's out there. The sun's not even up yet. The you know yeah. you're, you're working off of street lights that because obviously the track lights aren't on because you don't have a key to the to turn those on. And, yeah. yeah it's, but it's real relaxing for sure. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. Now, how uh, where'd that quit? There we go. How does your recovery time differ from others? You know, like. Matt Centrowitz, for example, full-time runner, you know, he runs his workout in the morning. He spends however many hours recovering from that workout specifically, be it massage or ice baths or cryotherapy or whatever they're doing up in Oregon. Um, yeah. And then he goes and, you know, runs again and then spends more hours recovering. And then he goes to bed and wakes up and does it all over again. How does your recovery time differ, you know, since you're, at, you know, you're in a classroom all day, stuff like that? Yeah, well... You know, you just kind of have to structure your recovery based on the schedule that you have, obviously. Obviously, Centro has a lot more free time in his schedule. Well, I try to do my recovery during snack time at school. <laughs> so 10 to 10, 15, you know, I typically put on a pair of compression socks until lunch. I have a protein shake, and I do these stretches while the kids are eating snack. Uh, at recess, 12.30 to 1 o'clock, I typically take my foam roller out there, and I roll out on the bench on the picnic table, like while, <laughs> while the kids are playing around, you know, you can, you can get it in. Um, I take my bands to school a lot of times during specials. Like when I have planning, don't tell my principal, but like I'm sitting there doing some band stretches from time to time. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just trying to stay hydrated as much as possible. So, you know, you can, you have the means to do what you need to do. Um, it's just that <laughs> instead of those hours of rest, um, I'm just at school, um, and typically I come home and debrief for about 90 minutes or so 
before I go on a run or do a workout after school. So I normally start that training between 5.30 and 6 p.m. and then train up until 8.30 or 9, grab a meal, ice bath, and then try to get to bed by between 10 and 10.30, if at all possible. So it's just, just not as much downtime uh, in the schedule. You just kind of have to structure the best you can. And uh, I think school has forced me to be very meticulous with that. And some days, if I don't get everything in, I, I, I don't stress about it. Um, and I try to get into the next day or try to move my schedule around where I can hit every aspect of my training. But uh, I just take one day at a time, man. And, and it's, it's been working well for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And that, you know, I think that says a lot to, you know, the listeners of ours who, you know, obviously most or all of them aren't, aren't dedicating any sort of real time, you know, work, work time towards running. Um, but they can definitely, you know, maybe they're sitting at the desk and, and they've got their compression socks on to recover from, you know, the long run they did that morning or whatever. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, now, uh, you know, and you alluded towards this a minute ago or earlier in the interview, rather. In high school, you ran, what, like 442 for 1,600 meters? Yeah, that was my personal best. I broke 445 twice <laughs> in high school. So so pretty, uh, uh, you know, pretty run-of-the-mill high school runner. Um, and now you're ranked 51st in the world uh, after this summer in the 1,500. And then you PR'd at every distance this year. Um, from 1500 to 5k, you know, you're in 336, exactly. 1500, 1344, 5k. Um, and you know, that's, that's a pretty fide world-class runner. Um, how, how did that, you know, what, what was that transition? Like, how did you, you know, I don't think there's anybody else on the world stage who ran 442 as an 18 year old. And that was their PR, you know? Yeah, man, that's, uh, something that I still struggle with a little bit because, you know, you don't forget, you know, where you came from and, and kind of what you were running at a younger age, you know, where the majority of people that, that I named earlier that I had to beat this year, they were running four O's, you know, in high school. Right. Uh, it's just, it just wasn't my time then, man. You know, I, I, a, lot of, a lot of people ask me, like, well, were you even running hard? Um, <laughs> and, like, and, like, and, like, yes, I mean, I, I ran just as hard in the state championship in high school where I ran 447 to win as a junior and 448 to win as a senior on the single A level. I ran just as hard there as I did at national championships this past year. Uh, but it's just all about fitness and it's all about development and it's all about coaching. And I finally got all those to match my level of effort uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, on the scale. Because I feel like my level of effort was always uh, probably my strong, my, my, my strongest suit and uh, my passion in running was, was always my, my biggest advantage uh, in terms of the sport. But I just had to have all those other pieces match that. And finally, I think I have that. And uh, I, like, I, like a lot of people know, like my faith plays a big part in that. And uh, I feel like, you know, it's just, it's a journey. You know, life is a journey. Uh, I feel like our sport, uh, for most people, I hope it's a journey because you learn a lot about yourself through running because it's, you know, so grueling and, uh, you know, so mentally challenging just as much as it is physically, I think. And uh, this level especially, uh, the professional level. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, it's just always learning to believe in yourself. Uh, that, that's been something that I've always struggled with. Like you said, like, uh, man, you know, I, I was watching all these people run on TV a couple years ago. Yeah. You know, that, that I'm running against now. And, 
looking at where I was, like when I was watching those guys on TV, you know, a lot of times, like you say, I was doubting, you know, man, how am I ever, ever going to compete um, with these people? Uh, you know, it, it seems virtually impossible. But, uh, man, just taking, taking that time and just learning to trust you uh, and not worrying about anybody else because there's way too much uh, energy to be spent in a race uh, and you don't have any to waste on <laughs> your competitors. Who cares what they're doing? Yeah, man, you got to do what you do and, uh, and execute. Because uh, if you don't, if you get those guys one step uh, or even a half a step, you might not catch them. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's all about learning. Experience is crucial at the highest level, at any level. And uh, I'm, I've made probably my biggest strides in, in, in my, terms of my professional career with experience this year. And I think I'm going to definitely be better prepared for the Olympic trials in 2016 and, uh, and hopefully have a shot to make the team then. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you, um, what, sorry, I was <laughs> jumping ahead on a question there. Do you, uh, how did you raise your confidence level? What did, you know, did you have, did, was it just through talking to people? Was it through knowing your training was going better or what did you do to, you know, push that confidence level up? Well, like I said, I have two great coaches and coach Simmons is an awesome coach. He's in charge of my running completely. He sends me this, uh, Excel form, uh, typically from race to race in terms of the plan. And I, I just look at Monday, do it. Look at Tuesday, do it. Look at Wednesday, do it. It's very, very simple. It's very, very, you know, it's, it's, it's not rocket science, uh, his style. And I like that. Um, it's easy to do on your own, his training, uh, on paper. <laughs> uh, but my, my biggest conference boosters come from my weightlifting coach. Uh, his right. name's Greg, his name's Greg Adamson. He's, a uh, the strength coach uh, for the University of Tennessee at Knoxville football team, you know, the big boys in the SEC this year. Uh, and they're going to they're gonna make some big strides, man. Um, I'm telling you what, they better watch out because they got the best coach in the world on their staff. Uh, he, has, he knew absolutely nothing about running when he started coaching me in the weight room, uh, but he knows how to read and he knows <laughs> about nutrition and he knows about how to make people more athletic. Mm. And those are the things we focus on these last three years. And, uh, man, I tell you what, uh, if you look at any race that I've run in, I look completely different than anybody else. And I've had a lot of criticism because of my size and, you know, the amount of muscle mass that I have and uh, different things like that. But, man, I, I feel like that's one of my biggest advantages because um, I know that I'm putting in the work to work on the triple extension, you know, of the hips, knee, and ankle uh, through Olympic lifting. Uh, and that's all running is, is triple extension of the hip, knee, and ankle. Uh, so I've really developed uh, that, that kind of neuron pathway there with that, and, uh, and I've really learned through Coach Simmons how to run fast when I'm tired. And I think with those, when those two powers combine, <laughs> you know, you run 51-1 on the last lap at a national final uh, in 90-degree heat. Yeah, so that's going to push you right there. Exactly. And, <laughs> if you can, and if you can close in 51, you can, you can close with anybody in the world and uh, I really feel like the weightlifting side of it and just Greg has taught me how to invest. He's, he's really encouraged me to go all in with this and to see what we can get out of it. And uh, he has absolutely no time to be working with me, but he calls me almost every day, texts me almost every day to see how my training is going. And uh, he really believes that I can win a gold medal. And there's not many coaches that, that truly, truly tell their athletes whether athlete will actually believe him, you know, and right. I believe, I believe him a hundred percent with that. 
and yeah, it's going to be really hard to win a gold medal. But I mean, they ran 36, 36.2 is what Kiprop ran this year. And he ran 336 the same way I did in Germany with a 256, 257 and a 39 or a 40 on the end of it. I mean, I've done that twice. I mean, it's just you got to be in the right position to do, you know, to, to beat those guys. You know, they ran about 12.7 on the last 100. You know, that's going to be tough. Uh, but, yeah. you know, if you train for that, why, why, why can't you do that on the biggest stage and with all that adrenaline and all that, all that hype, man? It's just going to be nuts. I can't, hope I can't wait to get there. Uh, yeah. But I'll be prepared to. It won't be a fluke, um, that's for sure, um, because you just don't – I think it's really impossible to, to be successful in running without actually doing the specific training that you need to do to execute. And uh, I got two of the best people, like I told you, man, in my corner, and I'm, I'm thankful to God for it. Yeah, so so that's where your confidence basically came from is is just knowing what you've done and knowing that you've put the work in. That and a lot of people that a lot of people haven't because yeah. you know the, like weightlifting is like the the black sheep of like distance running. You know, yeah. Like a lot of people have different philosophies with that, uh, and uh, I just hope people people don't keep not lifting. Don't lift. That's fine. <laughs> that's keep, keep keep doing what you're doing. You know, that's that's awesome. Uh, you know, <laughs> keep having a crappy diet, keep going to bed late. That's what I want everybody to do. Um, and, and down the road, you eventually will beat some people that, that you shouldn't be. Um, and I think that that's, that's good for young people to see that, that if they take a couple of steps and uh, really look at it logically, if you really do those little things, I can really make a huge difference because everybody's running. You know, everybody does their workouts, everybody does a warm up, everybody does a cool down. You know, everybody goes to the races, but it's what you do in between that takes the most time that nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to eat brown rice every day. You know, nobody wants to put chicken in a, fr- in a pan and, you know, simmer it on, you know, medium heat with olive oil, you know, three, three or four times per week. You know, they don't want to cook tilapia fillets in the oven over and over and over again until your house smells like fish. You know, it's, it's just, you know, nobody wants to sit in cold water and lug ice you know, from your car up three or four flights of stairs, you know, five times a week. Nobody wants to do that, but everybody wants to win. Um, right. I'll tell you that right now. Everybody wants to win, uh, but nobody wants to really do what it takes to do that. And Matt Elliott is willing to do what it takes. And uh, I hope that people get motivated uh, to see that, that you, can, that you can achieve your goals if you want it bad enough. And uh, I really want it bad, man, and I, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to do it. I t- Tell you that right now. Yeah, and that, that's uh, super motivational uh, and inspirational to me, at least. And I think our listeners, you know, I, I, as I've been talking to you, because uh, I know a lot of our listeners listen to these podcasts while they're running. And I, I was <laughs> the whole interview. I've been thinking, man, if I were listening to this while I was running, I, if, I hope it's not an easy day because I just blew, <laughs> I just blew the easy day, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's um, just it's, it's just really hard. It's just really hard to explain uh, what you do behind the scenes at this level because it takes so much time. It's a full-time job taking care of your body. Yeah. Like a lot of people just don't understand that. Oh, I'll stretch tomorrow or, Oh, I'll roll out five minutes instead of 25 minutes. Like I should be, you know, it's easy to, to take those 20 minutes away and sit in the rocking chair and watch TV. You know, it's, it's easy to, to brush your teeth and just stand there instead of um, rolling your foot on a lacrosse ball at the same time. You know, you know, I mean, it's, it's just little things, man, yeah. you know, like, there ain't that many hours in a day. I wish I had two or three more every single day, you know, but you just got to set up your life, man, where you can win. Um, and even though I didn't win a lot of races this year, 
um, I made a lot of steps in the right direction. Uh, and, you know, still people blew up. You know, I, ran, I finished fourth. I didn't even make the team. I didn't even win. Um, but, but I wouldn't have been there if I hadn't spent hours upon hours upon hours uh, taking care of myself. Yeah. I'd say absolutely. that. Yeah. Now, um, you mentioned the way Scott Simmons coaches you is through Excel spreadsheets and, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, and, and that's real similar. At Runners Connect, we have a, you know, we have a coaching plan. And it's just it's online coaching and typical online coaching, you know, probably similar in format to the way you work with Scott, Scott Simmons, where we just got the plan laid out on a calendar. Do you do you find yourself, you know, peeking ahead, being like, oh, what, you know, what am I doing next week? Or are you kind of uh, purposeful about just kind of looking at one day at a time and not getting distracted? <laughs> like when I get it initially and, you know, like I get it and it's for four weeks in yeah. advance. You know, I kind of take a peek at, and seeing what some of the workouts are going to be, uh, and then I then I don't look at it anymore until the week of, um, because there's just really no need to. I can't really. I, I look at it a little bit like that because of my schedule, because of right. the way my schedule is. You know, because I try to schedule my massages obviously around my workout days, and uh, if we have meetings after school, sometimes I have to ask coach if we can move it around to another day where. You know, I don't have a meeting and have more time in the evening. Just little things like that. But most of the time where it, it all works out, where he sends it to me, I can just get it right, get it going right away. And uh, we know each other so well uh, that I, 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 I'm like a kid in a candy store when I get that workout plan, man. I'm so <laughs> pumped to get it, and uh, I just can't wait to get after it uh, on whatever day that we're doing. And uh, it's, it's like a present, you know, <laughs> to get it done. That, but you get to open an email. Oh man, I got that email with a training program in it. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, cool. Now jumping back a little bit to to a few minutes ago, we, you know, when we were talking about you racing in high school, and I wrote this question down, and then other questions kind of came up, and I, but I want to I want to approach or want to talk about this a little bit at least. So we're gonna jump back. Um, you know, you said you ran in, in single A, double A in high school, so small school classification. Then you went yeah. to Pres you went to Presbyterian College, which doesn't have a track program. So kind of a, a and it's a it's a D two school, no track program, just cross country. So kind of a uh, you know a lesser emphasis there on on running year round from at least the programs that I'm aware of that only have cross country. You know, it's like yeah. well, if you're running in the spring, good. If you're not, oh well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you know you went to Winthrop, which is a uh, and, and, you know, it's a D1 school, obviously, but not a major conference school um, and and not even like known as being a running powerhouse. Do you think all through those years, uh, you know, maybe if you'd gone to a large public school and, and kind of been in the large school classification, would you were you running at the level you were you were presented, do you think? Or. Um, well, I'll tell you this, man. Number one, I think it just goes to show you that God is real. That's number one. Like, how the heck does somebody run 336 off of that? Yeah, absolutely. Off of, off of that history. Yeah, I know there's kids in Africa that don't have food. And, <laughs> you know, and all they say, I got a lot of critics, man, in terms of the faith thing. But in terms of my life and my relationship with, with, with Jesus, uh, in terms of what I'm supposed to be doing on this earth, I'm supposed to be running. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm being gifted in this way. But I have been. And I want to maximize that gift every day. That's another thing that motivates me. Uh, to the highest um, and just yeah my mom and dad coached me in high school man some of the best encouragers and motivators on the planet but no real running expertise in college we did interval sessions where we got 
one-to-one um, -one ratio on rest to the, in the interval. So <laughs> if I ran a mile in five minutes, I got five minutes rest, no matter what. If I ran an 800 and 230, we always got 230 rest. It was always something like that. Always took Sundays off. I think the longest run I did in college might have been an hour. Wow. Um, and like you said, in the spring, I played a lot of ultimate Frisbee. Um, and I did run a 156 on my senior year in the half mile off of ultimate Frisbee training. <laughs> it's un unbelievable, ain't it? Yeah. Unbelievable. And then we went to Winthrop, and they've had uh, five national qualifiers uh, since 1992. Mm -hmm. um, one was a 100-meter hurdler. Uh, sorry, a 100-meter dash uh, female. One was a high jumper who walked on the team. Uh, one was, and the other two were uh, in cross country from the late 90s. Uh, and then the fifth one was myself, uh, who was a walk-on on the team. Yeah. Uh, so it just kind of goes to show you that, you know, it, I was just where I was supposed to be at the right time. Like, it's, it's unbelievable, really just unbelievable how I've come to this point in my running career, and it's really hard to explain it. Uh, but I got after it every day, man. And I ran as hard as I could in every single race. And that's something that hadn't changed since uh, I started college in 2003 to when I finished graduate school in 2008 to when I'm, you know, teaching school full-time here in 2013. You know, some, some things just don't change. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, from, my, from my perspective, at least, as I watch you race, uh, I think that's, I think that's really, really obvious. And I think that's a testimony to, you know, your work ethic and your attitude and, I've appreciated seeing that over the last few years. Um, and actually, it's kind of funny, a uh, little story. We ran at one of the Winthrop Invitational races my freshman year of college in 2008. And uh, I was in cross country and, uh, you know, out on that golf course. It was a terrible course. <laughs> and uh, I, my senior year of track, I broke my foot. My college coach didn't let me run all summer. And I showed up to school, you know, a few pounds over racing weight from sitting around moping all summer, e eating too much probably. And, uh, you know, so I didn't have a good cross country season. Uh, we showed up to Winthrop. I still wasn't really in shape. And, uh, I think you either, you were one or you were second place in that race. And then my, my teammate was a Kenyan. He was third or fourth. And I remember during, uh -huh. the, I remember during the awards ceremony. Um, and I, I, I guess I just assumed that you were a, a grad assistant just cause you know, all the Winthrop guys cheered for you, but you obviously weren't wearing a Winthrop jersey or anything. And I just remember being like, yeah, like I, I want when I uh, when when I'm when I'm that age, I want to be able to just go out and roll up the Kenyans, man. Like how fun would that be? And I remember I got home and I looked at the results and I specifically looked up who you know, who's that who's that guy from Winthrop who who beat Wilborn? Um, and I was like, oh, Matt Elliott. And I kind of kept that name in the back of my head. And then I was. I was directing a, a one-mile road race a couple of uh, – spring spring of 11, actually. And I was talking to a friend of mine who ran at Winthrop, and uh, he was like – I was like, yeah, you know, I want to kind of get this sub-elite mile going for this for this one-mile road race. And so I'm just kind of looking around for people to invite. And he was like, well, we've got, a, we've got an assistant coach or volunteer assistant or whatever you were um, who, who – I think he's like a 405, 406 guy. Um you know, maybe maybe he'd be interested. And then that section of the race didn't get approved by the track club that I was working with, so that kind of fell apart. But I remember, like, looking you back, I was like, oh, yeah, Matt Elliott, I remember that guy. Uh, you know, and, and I told my friend at that point, 
kind of that story. And then, you know, when I was interviewing you um, at, at Music City Distance Carnival in 2011, and you were t- telling me on the interview, on the video interview, uh, that's track, right. That's your right. background, you, and I was like, you're talking, and all of a sudden I was just like, oh, this is this is Matt Elliott. I was like, wow, well, you know what? How how crazy is that? Yeah. Um, you know, because years ago, 2008, I was like, I remember being like, I want to be able to run like that. And I, I think others, um, I don't remember where I had a I had a point, and I don't remember what that point to that story was. But I, <laughs> I, I think others probably have looked at you, you know, maybe not since 2008, um, but at least since like 2011 and, and have seen you and been like, man, like, look at, look at what this guy's doing. Like, like how motivational, how inspirational is that? And I think that's why, you know, like you said, you didn't even win USA's. You came in fourth place. You weren't even, you know, you were a, a quote unquote provisional qualifier for the team and ended up obviously not making the world championships team. But like, you know, all the message boards blew up. Like people were freaking out. Like, Oh, you know, where in the, how in the world did he do this? And I, that, uh, like I said, I just think that says a lot about the attitude. You know, you, you've kind of had an, an infectious attitude. And I've heard so many people refer to that interview at USA as, uh, as the greatest interview in running history. Um, and, you know, I just, I, that's awesome. So, so thank you for that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's something that, I want people to remember more about who I am than just because just because if I ran a fast time or, you know, won a certain race or qualify for a certain team, you know, all that stuff will pass. But uh, the impact that's going to be made the most is that, you know, the joy that people see that running gives me in my life. And that can really do a lot for a person to change their life uh, because running, uh, it's hard to explain the gift that it really is um, to those who know it. And uh, I know it, and I, I'm glad that people, I can share that with people in some small way. Um, and it's even more funny that you, that you refer back to that Tennessee interview because just a short while before that, you know, Darren Brown helped commentate with you. Right. At that, and uh, I, I interviewed for their team uh, down in Austin, Texas, like the year before. And, you know, I love Steve Sisson and I love Darren Brown. Uh, but, you know, they rejected me on their team. You know, I, I wasn't ready to run on their team. And I wasn't ready to run uh, at that level at that time. Uh, but I, I wanted somebody to take a chance on me. You yeah. know, I, I just needed somebody to take a chance on me and somebody to invest in me. And Coach Simmons did and Greg Adamson did. And we're going to take it all the way to the top. And I'm excited about it. You know, that's something that yeah. I'm fired up about every single day, man. Um, not, haters do not inspire me or fire me up. I could care less about what a Let's Run message board says or what a flow track interview comment says or, or any email or any tweet or any Facebook messages I get. I love the encouragement, right. but none of those negative things are going are gonna to motivate me at all. That's not the kind of person that I am. Um, my inner motivation and my love for my sport has got me to where I am right now, and I'm going to continue to allow that to grow and blossom uh, to take me uh, hopefully to the highest level of track and field in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And good luck. Good luck to you as you. Thank you, man. Do Thank that. you so much. Now, when uh, you know you were talking about people needing, you, you just wanted someone to take a flyer on you. And then, obviously, in, in the summer of 2011, when I saw you at at uh, Music City Distance Carnival, at that point, you were Brooks sponsored. When did Brooks pick you up? Oh uh, well, I'm in the Brooks ID program, okay. and that's a that's a small uh, kind of developmental program that they have. It has different tiers for elite athletes. Uh, like coaches, like reps, um, like media. Uh, there's all kinds of different kind of 
avenues that you can participate in that program. And obviously, I'm in the elite athlete program that they have there. It's probably about 100 to 150 athletes that they sponsor here in our country. And it's uh, discounts offline uh, and free gear. And they also have a time bonus structure that uh, you can make some money on. Uh, but it's, 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 it's nice to have that backing. Um, and Brooks has been very good to me. Um, but obviously, it'd be nice to have a full contract uh, with some company and some travel and some things like that to help in the calls. But again, I have a job, and uh, that's something that I definitely don't stress about. Um, yeah. And because Brooks, I, I love what they stand for. Uh, I, Brooks ID stands for Inspire Daily, and you know their slogan is Run Happy. And right. uh, I think I try to embody that as best I can every single day. And uh, I love running for their company and, and representing what they stand for. Yeah, absolutely. Now, have you uh, have you had anybody approach you since since this summer from a, from another shoe company and be like, hey, or is that just kind of not happened yet? Uh, that's just not how it works, man. Okay. Um, as from what I've learned, that's definitely not how it works. Uh, you definitely need to run a little faster and have a little bit more to offer. I think I still got a little ways to go. Uh, to, to get something like that uh, in my favor. But again, I'm going to just run as hard as I can. And if something like that happens, great. Uh, and if not, I'm still blessed to have uh, the, the positive sponsorships that I, that I do currently, currently yeah. have in my life. Absolutely. Now, what, uh, what are some keys to training and working full time uh, that you've kind of found that people may not think of? Uh, Probably the biggest thing for me is not to get overwhelmed. Like, lots of times, man, I'll get to school and, like, something's gone completely wrong in the morning. Uh, I get pretty stressed sometimes at school, and that's, that's part of the job. Uh, and you go throughout the day, and you get home, and you're just, just exhausted. And, like, sometimes I'll, I'll sleep solid for, like, an hour, and I got to get up, and I got to run, like, 25 by a quarter. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, man, how am I going to ever do this? Uh, but you get out there and you get the warm up in and you kind of just everything kind of focuses in and you just kind of forget about the stresses of the day. And, uh, hey, I'm out here running a workout that very few people in this country can do. And I'm going to enjoy doing it. You yeah. know, why, why, why fret about it? Why go into it with a negative attitude uh, when people will kill you know, to run 63s for 25 quarters, you know? So yeah, it's, it's just it's just one of those things, man, where uh, a lot of times I have to catch myself because I get negative sometimes. I know mm-hmm. I seem like a real positive person, and I think that's probably one of my, my best qualities in life. Uh, but, man, it's tough sometimes. It is tough. You get down, and uh, like today, man, in this workout, like I wanted to quit on number six. I just wanted to stop. I was like, it's not there. I'm tired as crap. Um, I want to go to bed. Like that, I mean, that's that's kind of how you feel some days. You know that you've trained yeah. hard before. Yeah. And uh, I finished that workout, man. I'm glad I did. And I finished those quarters every single time, and I'm glad I did um, because I know I got better, regardless of the outcome of the time. Just like at school, you ain't gonna get everything accomplished at school every single day that you want to accomplish. Every teacher that I know out there knows that. If they do, they live at this perfect school with angels for kids. Saying <laughs> <laughs> like, Absolutely. I love our kids. I love all the kids in my class, but they're not perfect, and neither am I. Yeah. Same thing with workouts. You want a perfect workout every time you go out there, but it ain't always going to go perfect. You just got to take what you can give on that day. And uh, that's something that I've learned to perfect, like 
give what you can give, hammer what you can hammer, run relaxed what you can run relaxed, and then move on to the next one. And the consistency by doing that has allowed me to really be race ready this year and still run well in September. Uh, and hopefully I'm going to finish out this season well at the Fifth Avenue Mile. Um, so I'm, uh, that'll be my last race on the Fifth Avenue Mile. I'm also going to do the Grandma's Mile um, in, Duluth, in Duluth, Minnesota on September the 8th. So I'm really blessed to have those opportunities and I'm really excited to get after it on the road uh, two more times. Yeah, nah, that'll be a lot of fun. Have you run Fifth Avenue or Duluth yet? No, I never run Fifth Avenue. You got to like almost, you know, Right, have, have, legit. Yeah, that's like the best road mile in the world, and some, some, somehow, some, some way, I got into that one. Um, so I'm really excited about it. Uh, they're trying to, you know, get Leo Centro, Nick Simmons, you know, everybody to run it up and that, and that'll just be a, a really cool opportunity to get after it with the world's best. Have you run a road mile before? Yeah, I've run several road miles. I did okay. the Ryan, Ryan Shea mile a few years, um, but I haven't really done one outside of that. So that's why I wanted to go up and do that Minnesota mile. And uh, get my, yeah, get my feet wet since I haven't done one all year, and then really get out there and get after it in New York. Man, I should have had you at my race <laughs> a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> should yeah. I, I wish it, I wish it could have worked out. That would have been an even crazier story altogether. What are what are uh, what are your goals now in the next few years in running? You know, even you know, obviously Rio 2016, you want to be on the track there. Um, but approaching that, what are your goals? Well, the last two years, I've really focused hard on the 5K, like after indoors leading up until like the very beginning of June. And like the, the first year, like in 2011, I ran 13.55 at Stanford. And then I wound up running 3.40 that summer. Well, this year I ran 13.44 and this summer I ran 3.36. Mm-hmm. Well, this next year, you know, I want to try to break 13.30 and then hopefully run you know, an A standard, you know, 334. Right. I feel like the 5K, the strength that I get from that, you know, really helps me with those first three laps because I know I'm going to have it on the last lap. I just got to get a little bit more aggressive. And, you know, I still, just like you saw in that Tennessee race a long time ago, I still kind of race toward the back and have Mm -hmm. to do a lot of work getting around people. A lot of races I was in in Europe, I did that and finished second. But the guy that, that beat me twice, the same guy in Germany, and then he beat me again in Belgium, uh, he was like third or fourth place sitting pretty uh, in the first 1,200. And I, you learn a lot from, from finishing second, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think if I get some more strength, continue to focus on that aerobic side of our sport, um, I think that uh, that's not only going to help me in the 1,500, but it's going to help me be a better racer. And then, and then to also uh, get into some higher-quality races in the U.S., because still, I haven't raced against anybody in the top 10 in the U.S. prior to a U.S. championships in the U.S. Right. I want to get some good, some good races in before nationals next year. You know, I know there's not worlds, but um, I, I like to go race some of those guys maybe at Oxy, Stanford, mm-hmm. um, maybe Mount Sac if I can get out of school. for, for I can only get over to California maybe twice. Um, but, yeah, the, the more experience that I have, I think the, the better that I'm going to run. And uh, still something that I struggle with. I still am scared to death on the starting line, man. Um, and I, I got to get over those nerves. I mean, they help, but uh, it's just draining, man, like worrying about. Still, I, you know, everybody's got to struggle, and that's always been my issue has been confidence. Uh, but it'll come, and I'm, and I'm going to have faith. This year was a big step in the right direction. Yeah, I, I think so, for sure. Um, and then what, what would be, you know, I guess this is kind of 
kind of going to be the last question of the interview, um, unless you know, unless something else comes up in response to this question. And so, uh, you know, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. Oh, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. I think this interview is going to be a lot. I think it's going to be a big hit because there just aren't that many world-class athletes who are going to be like, yeah, you know, I work full time and, you know, I stand on the starting line and I'm scared to death. And like normal people are scared to death when they stand on the starting line and normal people work full time. And I, you know, I think people can look at that and be like, wow, you know how, uh, so it's not just me or, you know, you know, he reached his goals. So I can, you know, even if, you know, say my goal, I I just want to break four hours in the marathon. Like, well, if you can do what you've done, I, you know, I can break four. I think I can break four hours in the marathon, but yeah, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I, I think, uh, I think our listeners are going to eat this up. Uh, so thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Just at least, at least I could do well. It's good. Good talking to you. Always. Absolutely. Now, uh, like I said, kind of close with what would be some of your best tips for people who are trying to improve as a runner, uh, specifically while balancing the rest of life, you know, full-time job, uh, or maybe, you know, parenting or whatever, whatever their load may be, but they want to improve as a runner as well. Uh, let's see, let's see. Like a, a lot of, a lot of people in our sport and a lot of people that I know ask me that question all the time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, after we talk for a minute, what I find out is they just want to be fast, like right now. Like, <laughs> right. You know, like I, I want to run this time, and I want to do this, and I want to do this race, and I, I want it to happen. Well, it, well, it might not happen this year, and, and that's something that you got to understand. It might not happen in the next two years, and that's something that you got to understand. Patience in this sport is crucial, I think, Excellent. and and developing things that you suck at in this sport is critical. Like, for me, taking the time to not be race ready, taking the time to be tired every single day for three months, and taking the time to travel to Europe and race five times, knowing that you're fully ready and, you know, there's, there's no excuse uh, that, 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 that's when you understand that that patience is really uh, paid off for you. And I, I think that if you continue to learn to love this sport a little bit better every single day, I feel like if you can understand how beautiful the sport of running is and how many people do it at the high school level, how many people do it at the college level, how many people do it at the professional level, and then how many people do it recreationally, it's mind-boggling to think about how worldwide this sport is. And then for somebody like me, who gets to compete against the best of the best on the world stage, uh, I just take it as a true gift every single day of my life. And not everybody's got the opportunity to do that, but like you say, with your goals, whatever they may be, you can set them, because I set goals every day, Um, You can put your shoes on your feet just like I do every day. You can eat brown rice just like I do every day. You know, you can get your behind in bed on time, hopefully, like I do every day. I know everybody's got extenuating circumstances, families, jobs that all get in the way. But there's time, and thank the Lord for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just hope that people understand that if you do take it one day at a time, and if you do... Have someone in your corner 
that can encourage you. I, like I said, I did not do this by myself. I have one of the best support systems, I think, of any athlete in the sport. Well, my parents, uh, my two brothers, uh, my two coaches, uh, my school, uh, my community is highly invested in me as a runner, but luckily they're invested more in me as a man, first and yeah. foremost. And they're, they're concerned with my well-being, and it just happens that I run fast. It just so happens that I run fast. And that's, that's the thing that I think that is so important to learn in this sport is that the relationships that you form uh, last a lifetime. And uh, like I, I told many people that, you know, I could probably go to 30 or 40 states in this country and have somebody pick me up from the airport that I know personally. Yeah. And, uh, or that I could stay the night at their house uh, and they cook me dinner just because of the relationship that we formed because I ran a race in their town. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Uh, and that's just the thing that I love the most is keeping up with people that I've met and just, uh, you know, I, texting people, how's your college season started? You know, I, I would see on Facebook where so-and-so was doing this road race. Well, how did it go? You know, it don't take the 10 seconds to correspond with people, but it can just really go a long way. Yeah. And uh, obviously I've had a tremendous outpouring on the social media with my success, but it's just great to hear from people, uh, rather whether you're running well or whether you're running not, not so well. And yeah. uh, I, I think that if people can understand that, our sports much more than just putting one foot in front of the other. And uh, I'm blessed to be able to, to embrace it like I have been and have the opportunities that I've had uh, in the sport of track and field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, <laughs> thank you so much for this interview again. Uh, I, I loved it. Like I said, I, I, it, it was super motivating for me, and I hope that – I think that was your goal. Like you said, it's kind of your goal always to be motivating and inspiring um, and like I said, I think if I were listening to it on an easy run, I'd find myself running way too fast. Uh, just cause I, <laughs> I, I just got, ex I got excited just sitting here talking to you. So I can't imagine, like I said, if I were out on a run, like it was just easy run would have been out the door and make it a tempo run. Um, yeah. <laughs> but listeners real quick, um, just as a reminder, the resources that we mentioned, and I'll link to, you know, a couple of those interviews on flow track that I talked about and a couple of his races that are on flow track. Um, that'll be at www.runnersconnect.net slash rc37. Uh, Matt, is there anything else, you know, like I said, races, interviews, anything else that, that we should link to there? Uh, I do have a website. It's uh, mattelliotrunning.com, yep. and it's a really basic website, but it has, like, a lot of those videos on the website. It has right. a lot of the articles from this summer and other interviews that I did as well located on there and it's a little bit more about uh, my personal life on there as well um okay. so yeah and at, on twitter i'm at matt elliott 1500 okay. so uh yeah man contact me anytime I, I love i love reaching out to people and and corresponding uh with with whatever questions some people may have fantastic so we'll link to your website and your twitter too and then any questions or whatever that people have uh will you know they'll they'll hit you up so perfect that's right, man. Don't forget the only easy day was yesterday. Don't forget, <laughs> don't forget that. That's great. That's perfect. Thank you so much. All right, brother. We'll talk to you later. Yes, sir.